What's up, everybody? This is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the Expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the Betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the Recovering Addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. So what is lust? You know, you think about addiction. Um, an alcoholic is addicted to alcohol, right? Um, a crack addict is addicted to crack. Well, a sex addict is addicted to sex, but what what does that mean? What is lust? Um, a, lo- a lot of times guys think they relapse over certain things and they call it a, re- a relapse, but they don't really know if it is or not, if it's just a natural, normal um, sexual response to something. Um, so let's break that down. Let's, let's really define exactly what lust is and um, differentiate that between healthy sexuality and lust. So from your understanding, Kobe, in your recovery, what is lust? Um, so, I mean, and I think that's a super fair question. Lust for me was when I objectified um, another woman for my own sexual gratification to the point where I would like deny them of their humanity. Okay. Um, meaning like I wouldn't take into consideration their their character, their qualities, their talents, their background, maybe maybe some of the struggles they've gone through in life and persevered through, like some of the successes. It's like didn't matter who that person was. It was just it was only and simply for my own sexual gratification. Right. So it was really dehumanizing. Okay. But it also went for me as well. Yeah. You can last and, and and to be super clear, yeah, and, and that's kind of with the caveat on this is not a caveat, but a part of this is is it possible to lust after your wife? Yes. And did I? Absolutely, I did. Well, it, it's possible to lust after anything. You can lust after chocolate. You can lust after money. You can lust after possessions, anything. And so, yes, you can lust after your wife. Um, the, lust, the definition of lust that I use is lust is a self-indulgent fantasy that separates you from reality. Mm, and so when you objectify a woman... Um, a woman is not an object. You're separating yourself from reality. Um, you're using her for your own self-indulgent fantasies. Right. And makes sense. And so, what you just defined as lust, or your example, is is exactly that. Is is lust. But less the part of what you said, which is totally accurate for sure, is is that all of a sudden I was not like I was not on planet Earth. I was like <laughs> in my own little realm in my head, and I and that was nowhere near reality. Right. And, and you think about what we talked about last week is being mindful and mindfulness. Um, that's the opposite of lust. Lust is taking you out of the moment. It's taking you out of reality. You're getting caught up in a fantasy for your own selfish needs. Um, I want to ask you guys, though, that's, that's the definition of lust as I use it. Um, what are some other definitions of lust that may not be very helpful or healthy? Like, what do you learn at church about what lust is? What do you think? We, we talk yeah. about it at church, right? That don't lust. You read it in scripture. Uh-huh. You, Coveting yeah. more. So, yeah, I don't have anything to share. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's a pretty simpleton conversation. I think one, because it's uncomfortable, but two, because I just don't think there's really the understanding of it, um, you know, scripturally or whatever about about lust it's just kind of like don't covet thy neighbor's wife and and that's in my experience that's kind of been 
the extent of it, or, or maybe, you know, that's not fully true. I, I had one church leader who said it's the thought that's really the um, the issue behind, you know, acting out sexually, masturbation, or or lust, essentially. And, uh, and, and that's true, but that's, that's the most that I ever heard about it. And that was like 20 years ago. Right. Um, oftentimes lust is synonymous with sex. Like anything sexual is lustful and, and that's not the case. Okay. So say, say more about that. Um, so, you know, like I remember going to church as a 12 year old boy, 13 year old boy. Um, my hormones just going crazy, right? That happens when and, you're 12. Uh, just, you know, there, there's there's <laughs> girls in my in my Sunday school class and girls at school that I'm attracted to, yeah. and uh, that I I have sexual thoughts about, right? Am I lusting? At, at, when I go to church, I feel like I was like there was a guilt there, like oh my gosh, I have sexual thoughts. I I'm attracted to these girls, mm-hmm. right? I'm not. So what you're saying is is like. Just your biology and your physiology would would um, would yield sexualized thoughts, not to lust, but just thoughts of sexual attraction to other girls. But that's not the same thing as lusting. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, and and, and that holds true. And I know this this might ruffle some feathers, but that holds true for an adult married man, an adult married woman as well. Is that in our biology we're designed to be sexually attracted to people? That's mm-hmm. that's how we are designed, and that's not lust. And and there's a, we need to differentiate between what healthy normal sexuality is and lust because what I see a lot in my practice is especially a highly religious um, client. Uh, they'll come in and they'll have a ton of shame about their mm-hmm. sexuality. Because they think that they're they're lusting all the time, and in reality they're not lusting; they're just attracted to somebody. And um, but even that attract. I had a guy. Um, I, th- I might have shared this on the podcast once, but he slept um, on the floor of his basement for a week because he thought a woman at a grocery store was attractive. Yeah, and he 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 called it a relapse. He he you know he thought that he lusted. And really, the problem wasn't that he thought she was attractive. The problem was all the shame that he heaped on himself because he uh, felt like he had lusted. I'm a bad person because I have sexualized thoughts or attractions to um, another person. Right. So if I walk down the beach and um, there's women in bikinis everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a bad thing that I'm attracted to women in bikinis? It's not, is it? Ashlyn? Okay, so I want to hear Ashlyn. So I, I think that's important. For, <laughs> the odd thing is, hear, like, I no. brought this subject up, right? Because I saw an article on Facebook and it 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 rung with me. It hit me because um, I you were mentioning this in church. I was taught the way you dress matters because you can you create those thoughts in the boys' minds and things. And so when you say, does it matter? You know, is it okay to see a woman on a beach in a bikini and think she's beautiful? Yeah, but I was taught, no. (laughs) Right, it's a bad bad thing, it's a sinful, shameful thing. But what I want to differentiate between just, okay, say I'm walking down a beach and there's beautiful women in bikinis. Great, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Between that, okay, I'm attracted to women in bikinis. That's That's normal and that's true. And me lusting, me lusting would be me going to that beach 
um, taking an image of those women and using it for my own selfish gratification, which is different than me just being attracted to women, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and I think what happens a lot of times is a, a wife who's experienced betrayal trauma um, or a wife with significant trauma or self-worth issues has a really hard time with the reality that, that her, her husband is attracted to other women. And I think it's for obvious reasons. That is a really hard reality, but it's the truth. And when, when she doesn't trust that he'll be faithful, that, oh, yeah. that his mind won't be caught up in lust all the time, that's a hard thing to accept. And, and what I see a lot of times is, is women trying to control their husbands not to lust. And, and, and when I say not to lust, I say that with quotes, not to, not to be sexually attracted to to other women. So there's a misinterpretation right. on the behalf of on, on behalf of some women who misinterpret sexual attraction with lust. Yes. But men too, I think it goes both ways. It's very it's confusing to know am I lusting or am I just human? Right. So I the other day we were at the mall. Oh, I've referenced this twice this week because this is this is a legit. This is like so a legit is, experience. This is us in real having life. that yeah real life situation where um, Kobe was sitting down in the middle of the mall. He was not wanting to be the mom. And I was holding Lucy. Yes. So he's sitting down in front of me, and I'm walking back. So I'm behind him. Okay. And in front of me is a young girl who her shorts were shaped like underwear. And so her bum, her little cheeks were hanging out. Yeah. And so I look and I'm like, oh, okay. You know, right. she's showing the world and whatever. Like that's, that's what she's choosing to wear in the mall. Whatever. And then I immediately look to Kobe and I see him look at her and then look away. And my immediate, like, I could go to, oh my gosh, he looked at her uh -huh. but. I looked at her like, how do you miss she's, her butt? Yeah, she's doing that on purpose. <laughs> right. She's, she yes. wants that attention. Is that a bad thing? Like it's her stuff, right? right. So I'm not going to judge whatever, but I could have gone up to Kobe and said, I saw you looking at her. Like I'm going to throw you under a bus. But I just said, I don't even remember did, what I said. I, like, I think it was something like, did you see, did you see that? Like, that it was like the, those joke. shorts. Like how could you miss that? You know? And yeah. he was like, yeah. Like, and, and I totally noticed it. it. Like it was, I just like we would notice like a yellow Lamborghini driving down the freeway, right. it would come and go and it literally like came and went. Right. And we just noticed it and we were on to the next thing. It was kind, of, kind of shocked still, but like, right. holy cow, I can't believe that girl's wearing that. But it was just like, okay, there's some really short shorts and a girl like dressing that way on to the next. Right. I, uh, just last Sunday, uh, went to church and there was a new couple at church and, um, they were from California you could tell they were extremely wealthy and and she was the wife was very beautiful and um after church my wife was telling me she's like you know i i found myself judging her first because she was beautiful and uh and she says do you think she was beautiful and i said yeah she was really beautiful <laughs> and uh but but my wife was okay with that we have that safety and uh we both said well let's we we said Let's make it a goal to get to know them, to actually know who they are, rather than objectify them as, as you know, they're this or they're that because we're judging them, right? right? Yeah, that's actually something that, that I do. I, when I notice guys with, like, really great chest and shoulders and, like, really striking features like physique, it's like, oh, my gosh, Ashlyn, like, look at that guy over there and, and, and look at his shoulders, look at his arms, like, look at his chest and his traps. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, totally want that. And she's like, oh, yeah, 
like totally agree with that. And then it's on. on to the next thing. <laughs> right. And what I love is that you've mentioned that you are that safe place for you and your wife. And you don't have our history with trauma to create, you know, something there. But I think it's possible even after you've had that trauma to have that really open and very honest. Because if you were to say, no, I didn't think she was pretty, she'd probably assume you're probably not telling the truth, right? <laughs> right. And that's true, right? And that's what I see all the time with my clients is their 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 wives are watching their eyes and their wives are questioning them all the time and they're saying like no 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 nothing's there i didn't see anything i didn't notice anything and it's it's undermining the ability to build safety in the relationship because they're lying to their wives all the time as opposed to yeah that i am attracted to that um i i'm not lusting i'm dealing with it i'm handling it if it goes too far i'll i'll call my sponsor i'll use my tools i'll deal with it but i'll be honest with you right and, uh, and sometimes it's really scary because they, the guys that I work with feel like if I get that honest, then my, my wife's going to freak out to the point where, uh, who, yeah, she'll never trust me. And, and so it's a short-term risk to take to build long-term safety in the relationship, to be that open and that honest. Do you remember that point in time when, as far as, do you ever cross that bridge that Brandon just described? Like... Oh my gosh, like, am I okay yeah. with Kobe, like, acknowledging that that person has striking features or whatever it is? Absolutely. And I believe it's it's when I started seeing myself and going, wait, I'm looking at that woman and I think she's beautiful or I'm looking at that guy and I think he's handsome. And that means I'm human and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, I know you have, and so it's like that, recognizing it in myself and that it's normal, but also um, letting go, like that because I was, I was the controlling wife that was up on his back. Like, who, who are you looking at? Do you think she's pretty? And cared about the people in our neighborhood. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care anymore. Right. She is pretty and she is tough and she is fantastic, whatever. Yeah, that's awesome. A, a couple of months ago, you shared a story of, of you comparing yourself to that guy going in the store, yeah. right? Yeah, totally, totally. I, I want to ask you, Kobe, what if, what if Ashlyn would have come out and been like, oh my gosh, that guy's totally hot. How would you respond to that? That's actually a super fair question. And I think if, if I'm being like super honest, I would feel probably like really insecure. Like it's, I'm just like playing it out in my head. Like I'd be like really insecure and, and I would feel small and I would feel inadequate if that was the case. If you just say, oh my gosh, that guy's totally hot. But, um, but at the same time, I know for sure and I'm mindful enough to realize that's my stuff. Right. And, that's and that is me like your and my one, insecurities. Your number one thing right now is body shame. Totally. And is so body that's magicians. me like keeping it on him. And so that's tricky. That, that's, <laughs> but that's why, th- think about it. That guy's walking in. And just a quick context. The story is there's a really attractive, good-looking guy walking into a store that Ashlyn was in. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Kobe, Kobe was kind of like comparing himself and worried about it. And... um but but the thing about it is you're already you're thinking he's an attractive guy. Totally. And then she she comes out of the store and says, "Whoa, he's totally attractive." Yeah. And then you can't handle that. That yeah. is your stuff, right? Totally. And and so it's you working through your self-worth issues, you loving yourself mm-hmm. exactly where you're at and accepting who you are so that you can tolerate her being honest with you yeah. about her attraction to another person. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's what the the same goes with. And and I understand when betrayal trauma is there, this dynamic, this, this thing (laughs) is so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So, so difficult. Um, 
because you've been hurt and you, you feel like, look, I don't trust you to stay faithful to me. So any attraction to somebody else is not okay with me. Um, but that's just not reality, right? Yeah. And so it's it's the spouse who's been betrayed. They have to work on their own stuff, stuff. their own self-worth, their own confidence, surrender over whether they're... The, the thing about it is you don't know whether your spouse is lusting or not. Yeah. Only yeah. they know. It's in their head, yeah. right? And it's in your head. You're making up... You're, you're assuming. You're, you're putting that in... Yeah. yeah. But you don't you don't know it for sure, and so, so you got to work on yourself. Brandon, I know that Kobe has like a set. He has kind of his tools that he uses mm -hmm. to protect himself from going into lust. Mm -hmm. Do you suggest something, or do you want to share? So so let me let me just share with you one of the things that because um, because I I think this is mindfulness has been like really the like the journey, and there's been like milestones along the way, like tools and experience along the way, but one thing I realized in addiction, I was mindless and so many in the majority of the areas of my life. But so it's taken mindfulness to realize, okay, I, I, I call, there's many definitions in recovery, but slips for, for me, I call a slip. Um, and it's just about curbing lust and it's about being mindful of lust. And it's, if I look longer than one alligator, two alligator, or if I go back for a second look, that's considered a slip okay. where it, where I can, um, where lust can sneak in and set up camp. And that can be like this on-ramp to lust where I'm kind of like hijacked and I'm in my own little world and I'm objectifying and, and dehumanizing this other, this other person. And so as I've tracked those, just to count how many in a day, over time I've become more mindful where it's okay, like with the girl in the little bitty shorts at the mall, it's like I notice and I'm moving on to the next thing. Right. So, so that's been one tool that I've used to try to be mindful of lust, give myself permission because I think it's super healthy to acknowledge someone with striking features. Oh, wow, look at that person, striking features, and then move on to the next person. Right. Like Not the next person, but the next thing is what I really mean, right? <laughs> not the next person, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So I don't know, thoughts on that? Well, so what you're talking about is what we talked about last week in, in our on our podcast is, is, you know, lengthening that time between stimulus and response. Mm -hmm. So, so, okay. The trigger, someone's a jogger is in front of you stimulus, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can slow it down, catch yourself, you have, you have a three second rule. Is it two, two alligator, a two second rule where you say, okay, okay. I got to catch it now. Yeah. And then get mindful of what is. And, um, what, what's really helpful is, you know, some people will say, think about how she's a daughter, someone's daughter. Uh, someone's sister, um, but what's really helpful is is try to get to get yourself to a place of compassion for that person, of love. Uh, I mean, you might not know them, but you can you can start having thoughts of who they actually are, mm -hmm. rather than just seeing their body and judging them for their body or for them wearing the booty shorts yeah. or yeah. or whatever it is, right? And uh, and if you're if you're having compassion for that person, then you're connecting to 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 all of them, even though you don't even know them. Right. So does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. And actually, this is a moment where I feel completely validated by the expert guys, because <laughs> um, because literally like when 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 guys really struggle with slips, I, I will I will have them and tell them, listen, 
it doesn't matter what the, what the narrative is, but create some kind of story about this person. And maybe it's a really hard life. Maybe their father was an alcoholic and was physically abusive oh and God. abandoned them. And they were raised by an aunt who really didn't care about them. And against all odds, they finish school, have a successful career, but are really working through their own stuff. And that's something to be respected. And it might be dramatic and that might be like a lifetime, you know, background story on someone, but and it doesn't matter if it's true or how outlandish it might seem, but it gives someone humanity. But yeah, I hear you, know you, what I, mean? I hear you trying to get to that place of compassion. For yes, them. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, and because of, because if I'm in, if I'm compassionate towards this individual, towards this person, then I have a story to connect with right. and relate to, and yeah. that gives them their humanity. Right. And it's so, harder to lust. So I have a question. So this article that we kind of are referencing, it talked about, is it a woman's role? Are we the woman, you know, by the way that we dress, are we responsible for a man's thoughts and actions? Um, what do you think? I mean, <laughs> I, I'll, t I'll tell you this for sure. Like one of the things I've learned in recovery is I have to take personal responsibility for me because I always heaped my addiction and the responsibility of my addiction to Ashlyn or other things, other people. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that put me in victim mode. So I have to be responsible for my own self. And, and I think it's a very healthy thing for me to number one, be responsible for me, take ownership always. And, uh, but at the same time, always remember that, um, if I go to lust, it's on me, no matter what that person's dressed like, no matter how, how, how clothed or unclothed they are. I'm responsible for my own thoughts. So here's the thing. I think if every woman um, wore a turtleneck at the beach all the time, um, there would still be sex addicts. There would still be guys who want to lust and figure out how oh, to lust. Wait, wait. I think that's worth repeating. I think that's worth repeating, seriously, because this is like this might be mind-blowing for some of the betrayed listening. And this is not a diss on any of you who are listening or watching, but it's like... Seriously, that's a thing. Right. Like if, because it's got nothing to do with their turtleneck. It has everything to do with the mind of, of, the of the addict who wants to numb out, who wants to find an escape. And so, yeah, they can go find um, scantily clad women. They can find dirty magazines and pornography online, right? But an addict will find that if they really need it, if, if they want to act out, if they want to numb out. And so, no, I don't think it's the, the women's responsibility to not dress a certain way so that the ad so, I mean that that's putting blame on the women right. for the the addiction and what you said is true Kobe is you have the men have their own personal responsibility to be in recovery or not and that's on them so women uh, why do they wear what they wear we can get into that maybe some other time <laughs> you know but but I don't buy into that at all right and I guess I look at it in my mind like people with a foot fetish right it's scandalous for them to for me like triggering flip-flops right but i'm gonna wear my flip-flops because you can find that lust in so many different things that it's true turtlenecks <laughs> right that might be a turn on who knows <laughs> all right so I, I think that's a super good point and i and, and i think there's that that kind of that assertion crosses boundaries um into um religious culture of various kinds and and I know that you can you can obviously speak to this, but it's like where does the responsibility lie from from the religious culture's standpoint on the woman, um, on the man, and and how do we even with a religious maybe not doctrine, but maybe a religious culture, how do we how how do I reconcile uh, what what might be kind of like the undercurrent versus 
what 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 is reality? Yeah, that's a great question, Kobe. And I, I think I I hope that there's more and more education and openness. I mean, I, I do all kinds of uh, lessons and and firesides and seminars where I actually go into church on Sundays and talk about sex. And I talk openly about what lust is and sex. And it's a very, some of the old women at church are like, like oh my gosh, sex in church. Um, (laughs) But the reality is, is it's, it's the way that God made us. Um, I, um, wait, you're, you're sure about that. That's like, (laughs) that's like a thing. I, I had a wife once ask me and I hope this isn't blasphemous, but she she uh, she was mad at her husband because her husband um, got his hair cut by by an attractive woman, and he talked about with me about how he handled handled it and didn't go into lust and used all his tools and was so proud of himself. And uh, she came into the session just angry. Um, why would he Why wouldn't he go go to a man to get his hair cut? And you know he's just in denial. And and why is he attracted to another woman? I'm his wife. And uh, she then threw the question out there to me. Um, Do you think Jesus Christ was attracted to women? Would he walk down the street and be sexually attracted to women on the street? And and I have my own answer to this, but I want to hear what yours is first. (laughs) Well, it kind of took me back. Like, because I never... What, you (laughs) fell on the spot? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I never think of, well, Jesus and sex. Those two things, they don't go together. (laughs) Because sex is bad, right? Jesus is good, right? but you know, thinking about it, absolutely, Christ had a sex drive, and he um, he was attracted to to women, and that no question, we're we're created in His image, mm-hmm. and and so no question. Yeah, I, I I firmly agree with that, and and I I think there's many purposes that 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 the Savior had on the earth, and just because that's not referenced in 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 the scriptures doesn't mean that that's actually. Um, the, the case and I fully agree with you like and that's also how um, um, that's also how I think that that the Savior can actually be my my savior is because he understands what it's like to experience that so I, I think you know um, through his personal experience but also through the the nature of how he atoned for the sins of the world he's gonna understand that and, and can be there for me but I think I, I firmly agree with what you're saying right like that's I I totally think that's the case, but I also think that's just, anyways. Well, that's not blasphemous either, is my, in my opinion. When we were talking, we were talking about uh, religious leaders a few weeks back, and you know, I said that the highest numbers for pornography addiction come from Muslims, Mormons, and Catholics, and those are the most rigid um, religions, probably when it comes to sexuality as well, and so. When we talk about lust, I think there's a misperception of what lust really is, and and it's just turned into everything sexual is yeah. is lust, and and um, and and that's that's not the case. Sexuality is good. We're all here because somebody had sex. <laughs> and, you know, without it, we wouldn't be here. Well and, said. <laughs> and so it's a good, it's a it's an awesome, amazing, wonderful part of life that we can embrace and. And um, really accept, not resist, and 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 turn into something that's just a horrible thing. Yeah. So, th- just a thought that that came to me while you're sharing that is is like, in a, and if this is addressed in like a really healthy, balanced way, isn't this also something sexuality and sexual attraction that I experienced with my wife? Can't that also be 
an exceptional thing that can that can um, grow our marriage, increase our intimacy, um, if it's done in a healthy way. But if if I have a misguided view about lust and sexuality, that can that can um, taint our intimacy. And likewise, if Ashlyn carries a mis uh, um, uh, a misdefined representation of sexuality and lust, that can also have an effect on our relationship and sexual intimacy as well, can it not? Absolutely, and we could go down this road for, for like 10 episodes in a row, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll do another one on, on, on sex in a relationship. But you're absolutely right. If, if your sexual relationship is based in lust, where you're consuming each other, you're using each other, you're objectifying and manipulating each other, then sex will become a harmful, painful, difficult thing mm-hmm. in the relationship as opposed to what sex in a healthy relationship really can be, which is the opposite of that, right? Mm. So, Well, there's, there's a whole bunch to this uh, conversation that we haven't even tapped into. So there might be a part two to this um, in reference to this article that Ashlyn that you read. Yeah, and I'll give link to the article in the show notes of this. And honestly, I would love to hear um, your reactions to this topic and um, any questions that you guys would like to hear us talk about on future podcasts. Yeah about lust for sure so (laughs) yeah anything but uh, but certainly about this topic because it's 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 a hot one guys on uh, july 29th uh, we're going to have a live workshop in provo utah and uh, it's going to be an incredible event last one totally sold out and it's a small intimate event where we have discussion and conversation it's not it's not the three of us like lecturing it's a conversation with the group we want you to be a part of that and we're going to address four key skills so um go to our website yeah come to it it's well worth it yeah, we, we put you to work so. we definitely put you to work and you walk away with skills and tools and it is the only event that you get to hear from an expert and recovering addict and once betrayed yep so, so you get all three sides the website to go to to get more information is betrayedaddictedexpert.com okay thanks guys for being here appreciate it and we'll see you again